Welcome to the Dream Out Loud podcast, where our mission is to help others succeed. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bowen with Five Star Development, and today we're sitting down with Jared Smith. Jared is the founder of the Advocates for Africa based in Rwanda, Africa. In addition, he is an author, conference speaker, coach for emerging leaders around the world. He travels extensively, encouraging congregations of all sizes, developing leaders and assist churches and nonprofits leaders to develop strategies to be more effective and to raise the funds that they need. Jared is on a mission to help organizations that he coaches to raise more than a billion dollars a year for the kingdom. So let's get started. Jared, it is a delight and a pleasure, my friend, to have you today on the Dream Out Loud podcast. Hey, Dr. Bowen, it's really my pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's been a real journey. It's, I, I got to meet you uh, uh, probably a year ago, and I really have enjoyed the friendship of what all that you do. So, Jared, if you will, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? I think today is going to be a very interesting topic because your topic today that you're about to tell us about is something that everybody always asks us about here at the Dream Out Loud podcast. So let our listeners and our viewers today hear a little bit about who Jared is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, it's, it's just a pleasure to be on here with you and uh, just would welcome everybody that's listening now. You know, uh, my, for me, my, my background really began in the military. Uh, I joined the, the Army straight out of high school and spent four years learning how to uh, be a grown up and pay my own bills. And, and really, the military instilled in me the discipline that I needed to uh, apply a lot of what I do now in life and in business. And so after the four years in the military and learning how to jump out of airplanes and all, all kinds of, of those fun things that you do when, when you think you're invincible as a, as a kid, went into business after that, worked in telecommunications. And I think at that point, God really applied some other principles into my life that I needed. And then after a few years in the corporate world, um, God began to deal with my wife and I, and uh, we surrendered our lives to Christ. And immediately God placed me into full-time ministry. And from that point on, really, God has just blessed a lot of what we have laid our hands to. And uh, we, we've just been thrilled to see what God's done in our life with that, you know, Advocates for Africa, uh, our nonprofit that we formed several years ago has has taken off. And uh, we don't take much credit for that. I think God's favor has really just helped us in that. Wow. And it really has taken off. And I know that our viewers are going to be really excited as we get into this a little bit more. Uh, I know you've been raising funds and in every uh, nonprofit and churches and pastors always have a real area of insignificance there. And so they're always trying to find a way of doing that. So I know that you've been very, very successful in raising an incredible amount of money uh, before you actually hired and developed a staff. And if I remember correctly, more than $7 million uh, uh, have you raised? So how uh, how are you able to raise so much money without having a staff? Well, you know, I, I think some of that goes back to my military days, and I guess we could talk about that a little bit uh, later. But um, for us, we we just realized obviously I'm an I'm an extrovert, and most fundraisers are um, extroverts. Sure. Now you don't have to be an extrovert to be a great fundraiser. There are some principles that. You can learn to be a great fundraiser. But one of the things that I noticed when God moved us into the, the world of raising money and into missionary work, we noticed that a lot of nonprofit leaders had really great dreams, but they really didn't 
translate that from their from dreaming to vision. And I always like to say it like this, you know, dreams are things a lot of times that happen at night while you're sleeping. And vision is something that keeps you up at night. Mm. So for us, I I think a real key that our listeners should know is that your vision on the inside of you should be such a burning passion that it moves you out of your comfort zone. And if it doesn't move you out of your comfort zone, the truth is, Dr. Bowen, he he probably um, that vision that's in you, uh, you need to really, really take a strong look at that, because if it doesn't move you out of your comfort zone, it's probably not going to move other people to help you. And so one of the keys that we teach is to cultivate and add gasoline and coal onto the fire that you feel like that God has given you, because you'll know when it turns to a vision, right. um, you'll, you'll know, it'll, it'll keep you up at night. It'll, you'll think about it. You'll, as we say in the South, you know, you, you'll eat, breathe and sleep it. Yeah. I, I remember the first time that I met you, Jared, and how uh, you just really didn't think what you were doing was that different than everybody else. But I've worked in ministries with pastors and organizations so long. And here you've raised $7 million already. And your goal is to help your clients reach a billion dollars a year, which I think that you definitely have uh, the goal and the desire to do that. So if a nonprofit leader actually uh, has a driving vision. Why do some actually find the fundraising that they need and others just really cannot find and, and find that niche for them? What What's the difference? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because you're right. A lot of nonprofit leaders, or I would say, I venture to say most, have a dream and they have things that they want to accomplish. They have great causes. Right. And it, it burdens me, honestly, Dr. Ballin, that so many nonprofit leaders have such great vision, mm-hmm. um, su- such great dreams. But a lot of times they don't really know how to to articulate the vision. Uh, One of the the keys that, again, that we teach, if we were putting this in an outline format, key number two would be to become a master storyteller. If you you ever listen to um, books on, on Audible or any format like that, you can tell when the person that's reading the book is is gifted in that. In fact, for me, a lot of times I'll go to Audible, I'll find, I'll find a book that I want to listen to. And the first thing I do is I see, is the person a good storyteller? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to just listen to somebody regurgitate a, a book to me or, or their vision to me for that matter. I, I want them to move me. And so when you become a master storyteller, people are interested. People are interested in stories. You can tell if if a, if a person is a, a great storyteller, even in, in church or when you hear public speaking, when they step out from behind the podium and they start to tell you something that says, you know, when I was a child, I grew up in a small house out by a lake, instantly people start to, to listen. And I think if you're going to raise the money that you really need for your nonprofit, you have to work on the skills that it takes to become truly a master storyteller. Wow. Well, being a master storyteller, there you have it. So if you guys are just tuning into the Dream Out Loud podcast, we have one of DRC's very own students today. Jared Smith is with us, and we're very excited about his success. And one of the things that stood out to me about Jared was the first time I talked to him, he's like, raising money? Well, that's simple. I've never heard anyone else say that. And since then, he really captivated my attention because I realized that he was a master at what he does. So for those that's listening to the DOL podcast, I just want you to really dream out loud today as we talk to 
Jared Smith here. He is the uh, the founder of Advocates for Africa based in Rwanda, raising millions of dollars. And again, uh, as he does it, he's a great storyteller. He's able to do that in ease. So what would you say is the next for someone wanting to actually raise more money? Because people, they're afraid of that word. They're afraid of fundraising. So what is the next for them? Yeah, you're, you're right. People really are nervous. Um, I think there's obviously a level of gifting that God gives to somebody for, for the things that we're talking about, for storytelling and for raising funds and having the courage to make the ask. That's always the, the hardest part for people is learning how to make the ask. But, you know, I, I also think, Dr. Bowen, that there are principles that if you will just apply the principles, you know, they, they say, that, that there are some, su some success that people can have um, because of their gifting and those sort of things. But when something is repeatable, it becomes a principle. Right. And I really believe that for us, God sh has shown us some things that are repeatable because we've had repeatable success. I've been able to um, thankfully teach other nonprofit leaders how to use our process and they are seeing success as well. And so for me, those are, those are principles. And one of the, the principles that God ha has shown us is that when you're a small organization and maybe you're like I was, I was the only fundraiser in our organization, um, you've, you've really got to make things count. You know, you have to move from being a, a shotgun to a sniper. And one of those things is that we, that we learned as a key, as a principle, was to connect with network leaders. There are people in everyone's life that they have influenced over a large amount of people. And if you will concentrate your time on cultivating a relationship with that person, what happens is they open the door mm -hmm. for you to have access to hundreds, sometimes even thousands of people. So one tiny little plug from somebody like Dr. Chris Bowen or Dr. Sam Chand can open doors that uh, you could not really have opened for yourself. And so that was a that was a, a game changer for us when we learned that. Wow, that's amazing. So I feel like we're really getting somewhere with this thing. And I, I think our listeners are hearing something about this fundraising that maybe will put them at ease because we have an expert. And I mean that in, in all true statements today. We have an expert with us today on the Dream Out Loud podcast. Uh, one thing that I've noticed about your organizations, Jared, is that you are one who markets things extremely well. And sometimes that's where people lack is that marketing piece. So uh, we seem to understand this principle in businesses. As I travel the world, business seems to get that while ministry still really struggles with this. And they're a bit slower about understanding the, the importance of marketing. So uh, how important do you think that marketing actually plays in this whole thing of fundraising? Uh, you know, I, I think it's huge. Um, as I look across the, the canvas of nonprofit leaders, um, and I would say especially missionaries, mm -hmm. one of the things that we feel guilty for, I'll just say it like this, we, early on, I felt guilty for spending organization money on marketing. And I had a mentor of mine challenge me on that. And he said it really clear. He said, listen, your website, your social media, your print pieces, your videos, all of those things that you're using to raise the funds that you need for your great cause, mm -hmm. those are your storefront. Missionaries wow. and nonprofit leaders, many times, they don't have a physical location necessarily that they can take a donor to with a polished showroom like a, like a car dealership can. 
And so your marketing, what you put in front of people, it is communicating who you are. It's the only opinion that people have of you is the print piece in their hand or the website that they're looking for or looking at. And so what we realized early on is that your marketing has to make you look bigger than you are. Mm. And, and when I say that, what I, what I really mean is that when people go to your website, they should confuse you for a multi-million dollar organization. Now, I say that sometimes, and I always get the question, well, why? why? Why does that matter? It matters because large organizations that can also stay personal, I'll, th- I'll throw that in, that's a strong piece. Mm-hmm. Large organizations that can still remain personal have the trust of people. Think about it. When, when you go to find a contractor, you're not necessarily looking for the guy that has a beat up truck, no signage and, you know, paint dripping all down the side of his truck. You're what you are doing is you're, you're calling references. You're trying to find out who are the guys that have done this long enough Mm -hmm. that you can trust them. And when your marketing looks bigger than what you really are, it communicates trust. It communicates discipline. And, and quite honestly, it, it communicates that your cause is important enough to you to put your best foot forward. Wow. That's amazing. I, I know that there's some listeners, and we're going to do this at the end of the show today as well, but I know there's some listeners already saying, how can I connect with this guy called Jared? And, and because you're making it sound so easy, but what it, what's happening is you have, are very structured in that. And I know that you just came out of a big push in, in your campaign of raising money. For some people, it's been a lifetime, literally a lifetime of trying to raise $100,000, $200,000. And you can literally do that in a couple settings. So how would someone get in touch with you? I know that you got a book. We want to talk about that in a few minutes. It's coming out, really helping people understand you got some podcasts and some uh, teaching tools that's going to come out about how to help people raise those funds. How would somebody be able to get in touch with you, Jared, in order order to connect with you to get on some of those platforms with you to get that knowledge. Yeah, uh, you know, I would love connecting with people. The the easiest way obviously now is social media. We're of yeah. course on on Facebook for for guys our age, Dr. Ballon, a lot of a lot of Facebook people. Um, you can you can connect with us there. Um, and then also uh, Instagram, my Instagram handle is the Jared Smith on Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, my, you can send an email to me. I'll give you my email is, is just Jared. That's J-E-R-O-D uh, at JaredSmith.com. And then, of course, you can go to our, our website, JaredSmith.com, and, um, and you can connect with us there. But we, we would love to hear from anybody looking to raise more money. It's really my burning passion is to, to help nonprofits, especially those that are going to impact the kingdom. Wow, that's amazing. And I know when you find your niche, and that's one of the things that Dream Release for Coaching does is helps us really discover that niche or niche, as some would say, and mine is helping people become financially free. And that's why I think we connect so well, is that you are really trying to have organizations and nonprofits understand that fundraising can be made simple. We make it difficult. So it it seems like we have some great foundational pieces that we have put in place today during this podcast, Jared. Um, so once these things are actually in place and our listeners are hearing and making notes, I'm sure, and jotting these things down, once some of the things and the principles that you have given us are in place, what would you say is actually what separates great funding versus those who really struggle of raising those funds? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So as we got started in our nonprofit raising money, um, we, we've, we figured out that at the very beginning, and some of it I will just say is because of the way God wired me, mm-hmm. I'm more of a charismatic personality and type A, and, 
those sort of things that we that we talk about and that people naturally think they're great fundraisers just because of that. Yeah. But what we what we found out that we were we were really great up to about 150 donors. Mm-hmm. Um, 150, one, 150 is what researchers say that one person can effectively manage. When we got to 150 donors, quite honestly, we plateaued in our fundraising and I was frustrated. I was I was praying. I was asking advice and n- nothing I see, seemed to nothing that we seemed to do would bring us more in, in funding for our organization. And, and then I began to think back to my military days. The military is is really great at moving large amounts of people at one time. Mm-hmm. So I began to think, how can we move donors in, in large groups of, of people? Because the truth is, every donor that you have falls into one of about seven categories. Mm-hmm. Take, for example, if, if I just meet you, now you are, you are somebody that I've identified as a potential donor. Well, if, if I meet 30 people at a conference, at a pastor's conference or, or a trade show, those all 30 of those people are in the same category. And so we, we began to develop this process of moving people in chunks, uh, at groups of, of people at one time. And I can explain that further as, as, as you wish. Or as you yeah, wish. That's, that's, that's interesting. And I think that our, our listeners would definitely benefit. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just kind of give you the 40,000 foot view of our process mm-hmm. and, and actually what we teach people so that they can um, also raise the money that they need. The truth is, man, I, I just noticed that all of these organizations had really great causes, but they had really a hard time raising the, the funding that they need. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the passion behind all of this really is. And so here's the the 40,000 foot view of of the process that we teach. So every donor that you have will fall into one of seven categories, okay? So as the example I gave you just a few minutes ago, if I meet you, I have identified you. And so I'm gonna have a database. If you don't have one of the, the larger databases, there's a lot of options out there. At the beginning, as embarrassing as this sounds, do you know what our, our database was this right here. I literally kept our entire database on on my phone in my address book, which is, when I think back to that now, I I have to laugh. But you separate, you're you're basically gonna segment all of your donors into one of seven categories. And there's a flow to this. If you think about a funnel that runs a pipe down into a tank, okay? So if I just meet you, I'm going to put you into a category that I call identified. Okay. So identification. Once I've identified you, I'm going to develop strategies to pull you deeper into the organization. So the first category that or segment that donors will be in is identification. Mm-hmm. These, these are people that you just met. Now, the second, the second bucket, if you will, to use an illustration, would be qualification. So we move from identification to qualification. Qualification is the area that I've noticed that most nonprofit leaders don't ever think about. Many times when we produce, when we teach this to people, it's the first time they've ever heard it. Mm-hmm. Here's how I'm going to qualify you as a potential donor. Because again, remember, we don't, we're talking about people that may not have a large development staff and you really got to make the most of your of your time because you can't spend all of your time reaching out to to everyone you've got to really make it count so i've identified you i'm going to qualify you and here's how i'm going to do that i'm going to 
reach out to you on Facebook. And I'm going to look, what kind of posts are you making? Are you going on vacations? What kind of vacations? Are you going to Cancun? Are you going to Branson, Missouri? What kind of vacations? Do you have kids in college? What college are they going to? Are you posting pictures of your car? Are you driving a you know, $125,000 brand new Corvette? Or are you uh, driving you know, a 10-year-old car and on your Facebook posts or social media talking about your car breaking down? Why am I doing those things? I'm trying to figure out what kind of capacity you have as a donor. Now, some may confuse that. They say, oh, you're, you're just trying to figure out whether I have money to give you. But that's not necessarily always the truth. The truth is I'm trying to put you into the right category because I wanna be able to get you involved in our organization at a level that is comfortable for you. Take, for example, if I'm talking to a third grade elementary school teacher and I confuse her for a million dollar business owner and I ask her for a $50,000 gift, you can imagine how embarrassing that would be, right. not just for me, but for her as well. And so the qualification process is extremely, extremely important. And in our course and in the one-on-one -on -one coaching that we do, we really do a deep dive in teaching people how to qualify a donor. So now let's move to the next bucket. So now we've identified, we've, we've qualified the donor. We know what level of donor that they're going to be. Now begins really the meat and potatoes of the process, which is cultiv cultivation. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> most nonprofit leaders are fairly decent at cultivating donors. Where we get in trouble is once we get past the 150 mark, because mm -hmm. it's really, really difficult to, pr to produce a friendship and a relationship with more than 150 people at one time. And so that's why this process is so important because it allows you to, to manage more than 150. So the cultivation process obviously is very important. This is where you're gonna be doing lunches, phone calls. You're gonna find out what the person is passionate about. You're gonna find out where when their anniversary is, how long they've been married. And it's really, really important for our listeners to know that you have to write these things down like your, like your funding depends on it. Because the truth is, it does. How many organizations, the, the large organizations, do you think are sending anniversary cards? Yeah. Probably not very many. And so when you get an anniversary card, a handwritten card from my wife and I, uh, it, it just, it impacts you. It makes it memorable. So the cultivation process is bucket number three. Bucket number five is activation. So what we've got, just to recap, is we've got identification, qualification, cultivation, and now we're at activation. Now, activation is the process, <clears throat> excuse me, where I'm going to pull you just a little bit closer mm -hmm. because we're getting close to the place where I'm going to need to ask you for some funding. And so <clears throat> I, may, I may have a relationship with you where we text or call about once a month, but with our st staff now and the people that we coach, I like to call it warming up the donor. They know you, you know them, you have a decent relationship, but I'm about to ask you for some money. And so I wanna pull you real close for a couple of months. And so you, you move those donors into that activation bucket and you begin to work those donors in a way that, that you're, you're warming up that relationship. Okay, so now you've, you've, had, you've increased your number of, of contacts with them, more emails, more, more phone calls more text messages, lunches, all of those things. Because the sixth bucket that, I'm sorry, the fifth bucket that, that you're gonna to move to is mm -hmm. solicitation. 
So we've got identify, identification, qualification, cultivation, activation, and now solicitation. Mm. This is the part where a lot of people start to get scared. To be able to look across the table at somebody that you've built a relationship with and say, here's our need. Would you consider a gift of this amount? The reason all of those other steps are so important, Dr. Bauer, mm -hmm. is because when you get to the place where you're going to look across the table at somebody and ask them to get involved, it needs to be the right amount. Because people want to, want to give, mm -hmm. but they want to give at a level that's comfortable for them and they know makes an impact. And so that solicitation process in our coaching, we go really, really strong and in-depth in that area because you need to be able to make that ask in a way yeah. that, that 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 person feels comfortable and so do you. One of the ways that I, I teach our, our clients is that by the time you get to the place where you're going to make the ask, they should really be asking you what they can give before you ever even have to make the ask. And now that doesn't happen every time. Yeah. But when it does happen, I always smile and I, and I love it because that means I've done a good job with cultivating the relationship and qualifying the donor and pulling them close through activation. So just to recap, we're going to identify those donors. We're going to qualify those donors. We're going to cultivate those donors. We're going to activate those donors. We're going to solicit those donors. And then after they make that gift, you're going to appreciate those donors. Mm. Now, this is a level or a bucket, I should say, that a lot of people say, oh, we, we do that. We, we send them cards, those sort of things. One of the things that I think we may do differently than others is we really go overboard on appreciating our donors. Mm -hmm. For example, if someone goes online today and makes a $1,000 gift, nine times out of 10, they're going to get a really nice custom hat. They're going to, they might get a t-shirt from us or they might get, um, we have, you know, the service. I don't know if you've heard of Sherry's Berries, Mm -hmm. but, but my wife loves to send out those kind of things. Anything that will surprise people and really let them know that, that we appreciate them. So that sixth bucket is appreciation. But this seventh one I'm going to tell you about, this is the one that most nonprofit leaders drop the ball. We've done all of this work on the front side. We've asked the donor. They've made the gift. We, we have sent them a hat, a shirt, a handwritten card. We've mm -hmm. said thank you. We never, I see this over and over and over, Nonprofit leaders are really, really weak many times on following up with the donor and showing them what their gift did. Wow. wow. So we call that celebration. So that last step is celebration. To celebrate with a donor, that's, that's when you make a true friend right there. I'll give you an example. Somebody goes online today at advocatesforafrica.org and they go to our projects page and they give a goat. And let's say this is somebody that, that has moved through our process. When they give that go, within about four to five days, our goal is 24 hours. Sometimes that doesn't happen. So let's just say a week. They are getting a thank you email immediately. But within four to five days, they're getting a photo back of the goat with the family that they were able to give that goat toward with some kind of little appreciation from the family back to them. And they're usually getting it right there on their phone, like in a text message, because we want to celebrate with them. Mm -hmm. We always, always, always follow up with the donor and show them a photo of what their gift did. That's celebration. And wow. so that's our process. When, 
Now, I guess I would tie it together like this. Somebody might be saying, okay, that's a great process, but how do you do it? In my database right now, I have, I have this divided. Let's say you're going to use an Excel document. You can have a column for all of your donors that are in the identification bucket. You can have another column that is all of your donors that are in qualification, cultivation, as you move along. I may sit down on a Tuesday and say, okay, I need to work through my cultivation bucket. And so I will pull up all of my donors in the cultivation bucket and I will just start calling, emailing, text messages. Yeah. As I have those interactions with people, there are going to be a few that stand out that I think they're ready to be moved. Yeah. And so as that happens, I will move them from the cultivation bucket to the activation bucket. Mm. And usually for me, that's like, hey, man, let's go grab coffee. Yeah. And so that's kind of how the process works. And, and quite honestly, we've, we've been able to raise a lot of money with this and we've been able to repeat it. We've been able to teach it. So we're really excited to help other people. Yeah. From the outside looking in, I can, I can tell where the collapse happens. And I think that most people, at least the people I have worked with, have gone from point one right to the solicitation. And what a great analogy that you have given us. You guys have a great system that you walked us through these seven steps and it doesn't stop after the gift. You have two more steps after that. So obviously there are some details of, of how you do this and how well you guys do this. And it seems to really work well for you and therefore can work well for other people. So uh, what our listeners may not know is that you're actually teaching others of how to do this. And that's the key to this uh, podcast today of uh, teaching others and giving people that equipment and those hands-on tools to do so. So how can people um, get in touch with you again? I know we already went through that, but I want to know uh, how they can get in touch with you, how they can actually sign up for some of these classes that you're going to be offering, because this is a big place that a lot of people really, really, really fall short. You have webinars coming up. How do they get in connection with you to make sure that they're a part of this great movement? Yeah, so the, the easiest thing they can do right away is just go to jaredsmith.com. That's mm -hmm. J-E-R-O-D smith.com and sign up for our free webinar. It doesn't cost you a thing. And on November 15th, <clears throat> excuse me, on November 15th, we'll, we're going to be doing this free webinar and explaining uh, some deeper levels of this Wait, process. Did you say free webinar? It's free, yeah. There you go, there you go. Let's start free webinar. <laughs> That's right. That's that's a price that everybody likes. Is right. Free. Yeah. So I would just encourage them to go to jaredsmith.com and sign up for our free webinar and, and just hear what the information is. And and I, I really think that in that webinar, they're going to pick up some keys and some principles that will immediately begin to to produce more funding. And, and in fact, in the webinar, I'm going to be unveiling a a tiny little way just it's kind of a free nugget of how they can raise a quick ten thousand dollars to twenty thousand dollars with just one tiny key principle and so if they wow. if, if anybody listening feels like that that's you know they could use an extra 20k yeah and they really need to sign up for the, our webinar on november 15th and then the other way is just through one-on-one -on -one coaching and we do some staff development and so if we can serve anybody listening we that's really our heart this uh, coaching and the, the webinars and all of that really is just an intent of my wife and I 
to be able to help other nonprofits that their causes impact the kingdom. Because the truth is, we believe, you know, we're, we're, we're Christians and we believe that the return of Christ is coming soon. And if you are a business owner or a coach or a nonprofit leader, that, that your ability to raise more funding is going to directly impact the kingdom, right? I want, I want to talk to you. Awesome. So you guys uh, heard it right here on the Dream Out Loud podcast, a free webinar coming up. And I know that, Jared, one of my key principles in leadership development is that people have to invest in themselves. So this is a free, but you also have some webinars and all coming up, a new book coming out, all these great things that are coming up that uh, I love as we were talking offline, you was uh, even saying even the cost of the webinar um of the class that you're going to be doing a, a number of weeks that you're even going to teach them how to fund that and how somebody else will even be able to uh, sponsor right. them in making sure that class is paid for. And again, I think sometimes what we value, we pay for, and then what somebody else sees the value in us, they will pay for, for us. So I want you guys to tune into that free webinar, November the 15th at Jared Smith. So make sure that you guys do that. And I think this is some great, great resources. There's so much more I could talk to you about, Jared. Our time has come and gone, but Man, you have encouraged us today on the Dream Out Loud podcast. And from Dr. Sam and Dr. Brenda Chan, uh, of course, our founders of Dream Releaser, uh, you're one of our very proud uh, students that we have that have done so well and have brought so much to the table. And let me also put a plug in for this. On March the 2nd, you are our official sponsor of our in-house summit. The very first one. No one has ever said, hey, I would love to sponsor an event. You're the first one. So that's another time, another day, another interview about how you and your company advocates for africa actually gives out to the community so thank you jared for being with us and we pray that everything continues to go and that one billion not million but billion dollar success story comes soon have a great day we hope this podcast with jared smith has helped you to d-o-l we want to thank you for joining us today and to learn more about dream releaser coaching or to find out more about our products and resources that you heard about today you can visit us at www.dreamreleaser.com and you can hear us anywhere that you listen to podcasts we'll see you next time for more inspirational topics on the dol podcast right here at the dream out loud may god bless and have a fantastic day